drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Touch, touch, touchdown, Detroit Lions! Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. What's going on, everybody? This is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Derek Oakley, talking all things Detroit Lions football here on the podcast. And a lot to get into. Uh, The Lions actually hit the field for preseason game one. Um, We will talk about that. We're obviously going to always try to fit in Dan freaking Campbell and try to understand why the national media loves him and hates him at the same time and why all Lions fans pretty much just love this guy. Get into that. Um, and just some quick hitters. I got some bullet points on kind of what I saw recently, what's going on in the preseason. We'll kind of walk that all through. But before we get into all that, I just want to kick off the show with some some news and notes. So right before I got recording here, you know, Dan Campbell, Dan freaking Campbell hit the freaking podium and uh, he dropped a bombshell. I mean, he really did. He uh, said the Detroit Lions are releasing, waving, however they're going to phrase it, uh, Don Muehlbach. I mean, everybody knows uh, death taxes and Don Muehlbach has been the saying around here. I mean, this guy's 40 years old. He's been the long snapper here for 17-plus seasons, I believe, and and they're moving on from this guy. Now, I know Bob Quinn would try to move on from this guy with somebody he saw on YouTube. They drafted in the fifth round, you know, years ago when he first came on as GM of the Lions. But Dan Campbell just simply said he was very straight up, very, you know, he was almost like emotional in a certain way. But as Dan Campbell does, you know, just straight up and honest with the media, he just said it's it's time. You know, it's 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 time to move forward. The guy is 40 years old. You know, he could still do his job, still a, a great long snapper, you know what I mean? But they just felt it was best to move on to a younger guy as well as just kind of, you know, put a guy like this, you know, just move forward. You know, it's nothing as Dom Muehlbach. You know, it's it's unfortunate. Today actually was his 40th birthday. You know, to get this type of news was a little bit surprising. But, you know, he's obviously done great things at his position, which, again, nobody ever recognizes the long snapper until you make a mistake and that was very rare if ever with Don Muehlbach I mean I think I saw a stat he had one kick blocked his whole time so that means he's getting the ball back there you know I can't even remember a snap up over somebody's head or you know a huge issue like that he's just rock solid you know what I mean but it's not a we're not talking about a quarterback or a you know primetime player here we're talking about a long snapper so Don Muehlbach, the consummate professional. This was surprising news, but everybody knew it had to happen at some point. He continued to just show up and produce the last two, three, four, five years when everybody thought it might have happened a handful of years ago. And I'm 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 with I'm with Dan Campbell on this. It was time. Thank you for your service, Don Muehlbach, and uh, you'll always be appreciated by Lions fans. There's no doubt. So want to get that off off the top. 
That was surprising. There was also another surprising story that there was just kind of a horrible car accident. You know, the Lions released a couple football players, and it was because they were driving under the influence and got in some big accident that could have been life-threatening. You know, it could have been really horrible. Now, everybody is said to be okay, and a couple players lost their spot on the roster due to this, and just a lot of craziness. But what I like about it, and the reason I want to bring it up, is I'm glad everybody's okay. Um, You know, unfortunate for those players that they were injured and that they will, you know, were cut or off the roster. And it's just a horrible decision. You know, don't drink and drive, ever. Simple as that. But the reason I'm bringing it up, too, is because I'm really glad with how the Lions handled it, which is, you know, happened. They let the players go. When they're asked about it, they come out. They're genuine. Hey, this is what happened. This is what we did. This is why. And also, you know, they're not making excuses, not skirting around it, not acting like we can't say any word about it. You know, Dan Campbell, again, was very straight up. Um, you know, he, he didn't make excuses. He said it's, uh, you know, it can't happen. And, you know, he hopes the best for the people as well as them as players. You know, all that stuff is great. I mean, that's what the Lions need to be more about is being straight up and honest, but also not ducking and dodging everything. You know, I just appreciate that. I really do. So so let's keep this thing moving forward and get into football. Um, well, one other thing before I get into that. You guys have heard me. I like to have a lot of fun on this show. I go after Calvin Johnson often because... It's fun, and because he quit on the team, and because he played receiver, and he complains about injuries, and they took a couple million bucks, yet they paid him $150 million and he complains about it. So I have fun with that here on the show, to both entertain you guys as well as myself. And another thing I have fun with on this show is Rod Wood, the local Lions bean counter that for some reason is always, you know, front of the camera, you know, doing interviews, you know, he's the team president. I mean, if he was behind the scenes, you know, I don't know, actually fixing the Wi-Fi at Ford Field, which hasn't worked for decades or until he said it was going to work and it still doesn't work, or was, you know, behind the scenes working with the sales team, maybe getting some better customer service in some areas or was giving the fans more bang for their buck, that would be all fine and well. But here's my issue. For some reason, Rod Wood is always, uh, first thing he mentions is about him being out at practice and him being with Brad Holmes and Dan freaking Campbell. And, and, and just to steal a bit from Dan Campbell, a quote actually, I mean, I, I've had enough of this. I really have. You've had enough of that. Sh- <laughs> I, I don't need to hear Rod Wood talking about players. You've had enough of that. Sh- I don't need to hear or see Rod Wood at a Detroit Lions practice. You've had enough of that sh- You can be the team president, you can help the organization, and not be involved with football. So, obviously Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are going to let him be around whenever he wants to be around because he's part of what signs their checks, but I mean, come on, man. This guy's not a football guy except the Yahoo League that he's in with his buddies at home. I mean... I, I just don't get it. I don't. What's he do? What's he evaluating at practice? Nothing. Brad Holmes comes to him and says, "Hey, I want to sign this player. He's a great player. This is what I'm going to pay him." And and Rod Wood just needs to shake his head. Okay, that's that's all we need. So, I mean, gosh, I just had enough of this. You've had enough of that. Sh- I have nothing against Rod Wood personally, 
I'm sure he's a great human being. I'm sure he's very intelligent. I'm sure he's a great businessman. But he's not a football guy. I mean, if you want to hang out and you want to, like, you know, root on the team, that's fine. But you're not out at practice evaluating the third tight end. We don't need you out there dissecting the defense. That's not what you do as a team president. You work with the GM and the head coach in regards to salary cap and figures, but that that doesn't take you being uh, as involved as this guy is. But but here here's the reason I brought him up. Not to bag on him for 10 minutes, because I've done that many a times on the show. I tried to do it when Benny Blades was on Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. Benny Blades didn't want to say one thing about Rob Wood, because you know Benny Blades wants to uh, get that scouting job he's talking about, or wants to be good to Mr. Wood, as he would call him. But, I mean, come on. Rod Wood's a family friend. <laughs> He's Martha Ford's accountant, basically, and he got the head president job as, as Lions GM. And I've, I've even been on this pod before and given him credit. Hey, man, Rod Wood did the New Jerseys. He did the uh, he took the damn playoff banners down. You know, some, you know, he's done some good things in the stadium. And, but anytime he's on the mic talking about anything that doesn't have to do with like stadium fan experience. You know, the the dollars and cents, the debits and credits. The minute he starts talking about what happens on the field between the lines, he absolutely loses me. So I will transition to this. Rod Wood finally stopped talking about what's happening on the field and players and whatever else he was rambling about. And he talked about that the Lions may have some additions, some changes, some tweaks. To the uniforms, the jerseys, and it might happen as soon as this year. Now, again, of course, as most corporate folks do, we had to duck around and say, well, I'm not guaranteeing, you know, we'll see. I, but he definitely teased it out there. So, you know me. I'm a jersey guy. I love uh, Lions have classic uniforms. They tweaked them. I, I don't mind the new jerseys. I would love to see some some great throwbacks. Uh, you know, not throwbacks, because the throwbacks are the jersey. The blue, the silver, the plain helmet, that's where it's at. But I'm talking like throwbacks, like get us a Nike version of like the jerseys from like the, the early 90s when the team was good, or way back in the, you know what I mean? Like some of these like tweaks to the, the old jerseys and make them new again type of thing would be cool. Or like I said, who knows? Maybe just another Another variant, you know, get rid of the stupid gray jerseys that I have nothing wrong with a gray jersey. I just have a lot wrong with what they did with it, with the white numbers, the odd blue piping, the um, white nameplates that just look stupid. I mean, they just totally messed up that gray uni, which could have been sweet, could have been incredible, and they messed it up. So, you know, maybe they'll do something incredible with with either a, a, th- a throwback to the 90s, the 80s, whatever it may be, or just a fresh new all white or, you know, something uh, crazy. You know, and a lot of people want the black jerseys back and this, that, and the other. Like, I mean, I, I don't know about that. You really have to do those up right to, uh, to get me on board with that. But uh, interesting nugget from... From Rod Wood, and and like I said, he said there may be some other things coming for fans and whatnot, which was much more interesting to me than when he started this conversation about how he uh, loves to hang out at practice for multiple hours a day. I'm sure there's better things he could do with his time, but uh, but anyway, like I say, I'm having fun with it. I like to you know turn up the entertainment value on the show, but but let's get into some Detroit Kool Aid, everybody. Drink it in. Uh... I want you guys to drink this in right now because Michael Brockers back at practice. 
Levi Onzerike. You guys know him on the show as Big Denim. He's back at practice. I mean, get, getting some guys healthy. Derek Barnes is out there. Um, you know, good to see these guys get going because I, I'm going to get into like the preseason in general and what I saw in the first game and whatnot. But I mean, everybody wants to see this team much more at full strength and see what some of these players have than what we we got against the Buffalo Bills. But uh, good to see those guys back out there. I'm really curious to see what they can do as a full unit. And uh, yeah, we'll get into that here on the show. So let's uh, let's just dive into it. This is going to be a shorter show, a little bit kind of bullets, uh, rapid fire type of thing. But uh, we will talk some Lions football here. So when we're talking about like a preseason review. I mean, let's start with this right here. Detroit, the city, the state, the people, we all, for the most part, love Dan freaking Campbell. I mean, how can you not like a guy that started out his first press conference with this? We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. That's going to be the mentality, everybody. Yes, I will continue to play that. It's incredible. I can't wait till we start taking out kneecaps week one against the 49ers. And here's the thing. I recently, uh, you know, again, I'm in a million fantasy leagues. I love uh, fantasy football. It's the closest you can get to being a general manager, especially if you go to realitysportsonline.com. A little plug for one of our great sponsors here. And, and, and one of my new team names is Hubcaps and Kneecaps, baby. Detroit. That's what we're about right now. Hubcaps and kneecaps here in the city of Detroit. So love Dan Campbell. And I think all the fans do as well. He's open. He's honest. He's genuine. He's real. He's intense. He's a football guy. He doesn't mess around. He's funny. Um, he's got everything going for him. And the thing that he needs to do now is win ball games. You've heard me say that on the show too. None of that matters if you go out and lose a bunch of games and look like you don't know what you're doing. But for now, Dan Campbell's got everybody on board because everyone couldn't stand Matt Patricia towards the end as much as I tried to fight for him early in his tenure. Everybody that loves Jim Caldwell, you know, also knows that Dan Campbell's a lot more fun and a lot more open and honest and a lot more of um, him and Brad Holmes being a better tandem than uh, than Bobby Quinn and, and and the Reverend, you know. So everybody here loves Dan Campbell and is just excited to see this team grow and, and is willing to be patient but also wants to see results. But here's the people that either seem to not love Dan Campbell or seem to love to bag on him for everything. And that's the national media. Yes, the ESPNs, the NFL Networks, the Good Morning Footballs. Yeah, they'll tell you, oh, we love Dan Campbell. But it's like it's like in the schoolyard when you say, oh, that's my man right there. When really it's your man because you just like to beat him up every day at recess. You like to make fun of him when he's not around. You know what I mean? That's what I feel like with Dan Campbell. Everyone's making fun of all his press conferences. You know, uh, Michael Lombardi on what is one of his, you know, random shows that he does was saying, oh, he, he can't manage the clock. This guy doesn't, he's, he, he's not playing chess and checkers. This guy has no clue what he's doing. Hey, 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 Michael Lombardi, note to you who's been out of the league for I don't even know how long. It's preseason, bro. It's game one. He's just out there letting people play. He's not trying to win the game. He's not trying to run in two yards in a cloud of dust so that you can run out the clock and make yourself feel good about yourself. No, he's trying to get looks at guys, and it doesn't matter. I mean, nobody was like, oh, man, we lost that first game. Everything is just crumbling. 
No. So everybody likes to take cheap shots at this guy. And I put out on Twitter, you guys can find me, at Derek O'Gree, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Always putting out Lions, fantasy football, Michigan Wolverines, you know, Red Wings takes, Pistons, whatever it may be. And I put out there, okay, here's the next thing people are going to rag on Dan Campbell about. He has this, you know, it's almost like everybody, I mean, has their little things, right? They got their little titches, their little go-tos, their little gimmicks, you know what I mean? And uh, one of Dan Campbell's is that he likes to, like, prop his hat up weird on his head, where he's, like, wearing it, like, three-quarters on his head, a quarter off, but, but here's the thing. People are going to goof off. He doesn't look professional. I can't believe a head coach would look like that at a press conference. You know, you can't hear all this. You know, you got to be the CEO. What else are they going to say? Every, you know, every coach, they got to look the same. They got to do this. They got to do that. Um, same garbage back in the day. Oh, Matt Stafford, how can you wear your hat backwards and still be a professional quarterback? I mean, like it had any impact on his leadership or on the field. I mean, get the hell out of here with all that. But here's the thing with Dan Campbell. He's a football guy, and he's a functional guy. If he's hot, if he wants to see better, he props his hat up a little bit higher so his head can breathe and so he can see. It's as simple as that. It's no, like, goofy look. It's not him trying to look out of place. It's, he doesn't even know he's doing it because it doesn't matter. It's it's a hat. It's it's the way. You, so anybody that brings this up or anybody that shows a picture of it and wants to bag on him, I already put it out there because I wanted to get out in front of this and say, don't bag on Dan Campbell for his hat, his vente double shots in his coffee. Don't you know bag on his kneecaps because it's the greatest line ever. I mean, I've had enough of all this hate on Dan Campbell. You've had enough of that. Sh- Exactly. I mean, it's all about hubcaps and kneecaps here in Detroit. So I'm just sick of it. So Dan Campbell, I love you. You're awesome. Everybody in Detroit loves you. And all these people that want to take cheap shots, just go out on the field and get W's and take out kneecaps and punch people in the mouth and have a really ferocious good football team. And then it doesn't matter how you wear your hat, how how you talk, what body part you take out, what you put in your coffees. It's, it's not going to matter both here in Detroit or nationally. So that that's my Dan Campbell rant. He's awesome. He's going to be awesome. It may take a little time, but just hang in there with him. So everybody, let me take a quick break. Let me get my breath. Let's get our great sponsors in here. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about some, some general questions I have overall in the preseason, as well as give you some things I saw week one against the Buffalo Bills. So everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I am fired up. I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors. Now, by now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? 
I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. So here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. We're back from the break. I say it every week. I'm going to continue to say it. I thank you so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button, sharing this with a friend. The show continues to grow. I have a lot of fun when I have guests on, as well as just doing solo Lions talk here on the show. I know you guys like the different sound bites. I forgot to give you some cornbread earlier in the show. Cornbread! Cornbread! Make it a double. Um, Wash it down with that Detroit Kool-Aid, Honolulu Blue, soon to be Super Bowl flavor. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, There you go. And uh, thank you so much for listening to our sponsors as well. You guys don't know how much that really helps the show. As well as, I don't say this a ton, but I just want to thank again all the people that generously support the show. You know, we have people that donate four bucks a month. 10 bucks a month, um, you know, other donations to the show for keeping the lights on, new equipment, me being able to deliver this type of content to you. I try to be very consistent. I try to give you a show on Wednesday here, a show on Friday mornings. They're basically always there 98, 99% of the time. Whether I have a guest uh, booked or not, I try to knock out Lions content for you. And then you guys also get my other show, which is called Believe, B L E A V and Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. You can find all those. So you're getting three pods a week for me, talking Lions football, trying to give you sound bits, trying to entertain you, as well as we're all just trying to root on this team because we want to see a, a winner here in Detroit. This is a football city. There's no doubt about it. So you guys don't know how much those donations help. So if you love the show and you're getting all that content every week and you throw a few bucks uh, a month uh, way of the Kool-Aid cast, it just absolutely helps the show. So I just want to thank all the people that have already done so and encourage those that haven't. You can find it on the anchor.fm um, page. I think it's anchor.fm backslash Detroit Kool-Aid. And then there's a support link right there where you can just takes two seconds to do. It really does. So thank you again to everybody. So let, let's get into a couple questions I have here. Um, 
Well, let, let's do this. I'll give you my quick thoughts on, on what I saw against Buffalo. Again, I'm not breaking down the tape. I'm not going back and giving you all these little nuances. But here's a couple of things I saw. Um, right off the get-go, I felt like the Lions were kind of getting shredded in the run game. I, I feel like, you know, Buffalo with Matt Breed and company were getting some big chunks. I didn't like that. I also thought there was some sloppy tackling, which I didn't enjoy. Um, the Lions got out there, but it was curious to see Jared Goff and his first pass. You know, it was, a, it was definitely designed to, you know, either throw it out to, to St. Brown or, or throw the under um, to Tyrell Williams, who ran a little stick route. And uh, he could have could have winged it out there to, to St. Brown, who I think was open. But instead, he, he went the other way and it almost got picked. And I could just see and hear the people groaning. And I was just like, hey, man, it's his first pass. The second play. You know, Penny Sewell gets worked by Gregory Rousseau. Um, I got to do this for Benny Blades. I mean, we're talking about a guy from the U. I got to do it. Benny Blades would literally call me up if I didn't drop that anytime I talk about the Canes. You know what I mean? (laughs) So... You know, Gregory Rousseau got the best of Penny Sewell. Okay, great. He got a sack. I mean, yeah, you don't want to see that from Penny Sewell, but dude hadn't played in a couple years, so it's not the end of the world. This guy isn't his turnstile because he got worked on one play by a talented edge rusher that's a rookie as well. So, you know, bumpy start. There's no doubt about it. Three and out, not what you want to see from the offense, but... They came right back and had that 18-play drive, and yeah, it was helped out by, what, one or two penalties? There's no question, but some nice throws by Jared Goff. Tyrell Williams looked good. You know, a, f- a few little uh, nice plays there. I think St. Brown even had a really nice catch either here or later in the game where he got up field looking like Golden Tate Part 2. And uh, St. Brown just really looks – I mean, he's snapping off routes and just looked – Passed the eye test for me, really did. Just kind of, yep, that's the guy I remember seeing at his pro day. That's the guy I saw in college. That's the guy that I think I'll see with the Lions where his routes are crisp. He's determined. Get him the football. Watch him work type of thing. So that was good to see. And Jared Goff, I mean, yeah, he wasn't throwing laser beams like number nine. He wasn't throwing these crazy tight spirals, but the ball was accurate. He he was getting it when he was protected, which he was pretty much after that first sack. You know, he was he was throwing people that were open on time. Even even the pass, I think he only had one incompletion on the second drive, and it was a nice little shot to the end zone where he put nice loft, nice touch on the ball. It was right where it needed to be. The defender made a good play. You know, congratulations. So, I I think I put on Twitter, you know, some some bullets about this game, and my final one was Jared Goff was I, <laughs> meaning like he was good, he was okay. He didn't wow me, but he didn't disappoint me, really. It was a A-I-G-H-T first outing for number 16, and and that's fine. You know, I, I feel like I walked away saying he didn't wow me, but he he was fine. The The team overall, I mean, they, they didn't wow me out of the gates. I didn't see anything that was eye-popping. Excuse me. On either side of the football... Dan Campbell, Dan freaking Campbell. Like I didn't, I didn't expect him to be going crazy on the sidelines or whooping and hollering. But I kind of just wanted a little more something from him, where he was a little more engaged, either with his players or having a little more fun. He, he seemed to go into that coach mode where he's just like very calm, sitting on his headset, looking up at the big screen. You know, I, I need a little more Dan Campbell. I need a little more juice. 
I, I need a little bit more to back up, you know, what you're bringing to this team than on Sundays you just go into comatose mode, which we saw from the last coach and for plenty of other coaches here in the D. We need that energy. We need that excitement as well as we need you to outthink the other side. Now, again, I'm not going to harp on all these late timeout type garbage. Like, to me, that doesn't matter. I actually stopped watching halfway through like the third quarter because I was somewhat disinterested it was preseason football it was hard to lock in but I mean just little nuggets like Kevin Strong played well like you know when Derek Barnes was out there what do you have like a a really nice hit you know where he exploded on a guy that caught a short pass that was nice to see and then he he jetted up the middle basically and would have had a sack if the quarterback didn't get the football away so a couple really nice plays and he filled a couple nice times, and there was a few times he was a little bit, you know, just out there in coverage. So we'll see what we have in um, in number 55 there, Derek Barnes. Uh, who else? You know, f- for the most part, like, you know, Julian O'Quara obviously had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. He played about, you know, seemed almost like 90% of the plays. I mean, I think he had more snaps than anybody by far he was out there which I love like hey don't baby all these guys some of these second year cats even Austin Bryant got off the football Austin Bryant just looks the part in the uniform I'm here to tell you he's the guy that you send off the bus first because dude is a linebacker but gosh he's got crazy long arms he's dieseled up he's got a little swagger to him I think if he can just stay on the football field he can be fun to watch so Austin Bryant did some things, but these guys need to be out there. I mean, if they get hurt, they get hurt, but let them play. Obviously, the kid, um, you know, came, came in late. What, what was the I got to even look up his name because, like I said, he's introducing himself to his teammates. I don't know who this dude was either. Craig Reynolds, number 46, just going crazy out there, uh, breaking off runs, coming out the pack, you know, where it looked like he was dead to rights, getting a crazy amount of uh, plays. I mean, that was crazy to see i'm not gonna go nuts about it because he's he's craig reynolds everybody i don't know if you know you probably don't know um so (laughs) i'm not gonna you know do backflips because i I still don't expect this guy to make the roster but it was just crazy to see a couple of the runs that he ripped off and and played well and yeah like you say disconcerting at the very end even though i'm not worried about the w like i know i've been on my pods saying it would have been nice to get a nice dub or jared goff to go down and light up the scoreboard with some passes and a touchdown yeah all that would have been great but you know the only disappointing part for me was just like hey there was fourth and 10 all you got to do is make one play and you let the ball get up over top of you and you know they go down and kick a field goal at the buzzer basically like you know you just have to make that play you have to be smarter I don't know why guy was all pressed up on him give him a little bit of room and just don't let the guy get behind you and when he when he stops at the sticks or whatever just get up and make a tackle or make a play on the football. Like it's it seemed that simple there at the end of the game. Yet he gets roasted off the line, gives up the catch or whatever, and then they just go down and nickel and dime the lines and win at the horn. So I mean that's a little disconcerting, but not a not a big deal. So overall, to me it was a very unenthusiastic ho hum preseason game one. Nothing wowed me. I wouldn't walk away real disgusted with anything. You know, some decent players, some also things that were like, ah, eh, it could have been better there. I wish that guy would have done some more, but it is what it is. You know, preseason game two, I think we'll see a lot more players as well as be more entertaining overall. Now, let's get to a couple questions I have. Is the talent level good enough on this team? I don't know. <laughs> now, I think there's some very sneaky, like, names and depth and youth on this team. 
but I don't know. Like, I can't peg some of these guys that I want to be good, but they haven't shown it. Or guys that I want to be healthy that I haven't been healthy. So, overall, I would say the talent level is probably subpar on the team right now across the board. Especially when I look at other teams, I'm like, damn, man, they got like four or five linebackers that are beasts. We got like maybe one. Uh, or like, man, look at that! Look at that running back room. That's like two, three deep, and we got like one, maybe two guys that are decent. But we still don't know. What we got in in Swift and Swag. You know what I mean? Um, in the receiver position, everybody wants to go to that. It's like you see other teams that are just loaded at wide receiver. We're like hoping for Tyrell, hoping for Perriman, hoping for St. Brown. You know, hoping for some of these low-level cats to go out there and do some things, but I, but I do think overall they're just going to be fun to watch. I do think that they're going to surprise some people with how some of these guys play, and you just can't overlook players like Goff, Hawkinson, Swift, Brockers, Flowers, Oquara, Oquara, you know, um, Derek Barnes, you know, Okuda, you know, Tracy. You know, you just go down the list and like. Those are those are good athletes, guys that I think can play the game at this level, but they really have to all put it together to to get where we all hope they will get. So I'm not discounting that it could be a disappointing season, but I think it's just going to be a fun season. And even if the talent level is still not where it needs to be, they're going to be more fun to watch and they're going to be more explosive than they have been the last few years, which would be great. Um, I kind of mentioned it. Will some of these young players take a big leap? I really think they will. I, I've seen some juice from Austin Bryant. I've seen some things now. We've all seen some things from Julian here in this first preseason game. He's hyped to play with his brother. Um, I still didn't really see enough from Tracy. Like, he got beat on a couple passes, and one of them I watched back on, on the highlight reel, and I was like, Tracy, why are you not throwing out your go-go gadget arms? It feels like he could have got the hand on the football. Instead, he had his hands in his pockets, and the guy made the catch and got up the field, and he made a tackle. 10, 12 yards down the field like he's been known to do, you know? Um, but between, like, Hawkinson and Swift and o- Romeo and Okuda, like, I think those guys are going to play really well. And people have them at a low to mid-tier type level, but I think the guys that are at the lower tier are definitely going to jump up. And the guys that are at that mid-tier, like, Okwara Romeo has got some credit. But I think he can be a really quality player here for a long time. Like a, a better Cliff Averill. You know what I mean? Where everyone loved Uncle Cliff towards the end. It's like Romeo is a younger, better version of him in my opinion. So I'm just anxious to see what he's got with some of these. And again, don't write off Austin Bryant, Deshaun Hand, AO. I mean, again, you guys are very familiar with him on the show. Oh, baby! I think we'll be saying that a lot with AO this year. You know, the corners and their back end is still a big question mark. There's no question. There's no doubt about it. But uh, just going to be fun to watch. And, I, yes, I do think some of these young players are going to take that step forward that we're hoping as well as stay healthy as well as just be fun to watch. They'll be the guys that we – oh, man, this is who we thought we drafted in the fourth round. He's just been out for two years. You know, we'll have that type of feel. You know, I kind of hit on it earlier again – Again, people making a story out of nothing about this time management type of thing. And I thought about it for a while because part of me was like, before I just, you know, went on my rant like I did earlier and run Mike Lombardi into the ground, I was kind of like, is it a big deal? Because you guys have heard me say, as much as I love Dan Campbell, 
as much as I freaking love Dan freaking Campbell, I mean, I have a few questions about can he outthink? Can he out-strategize? Can he outwork the other coach come game day? I mean, I think it may take a bit of time. I think it may be an adjustment to being that head coach. It's the analogy I use all the time. Like, if you're going into a job for the first time ever, it's going to be hard for you to be up to speed with somebody that's probably been doing it for 10, 12, 15 years. Now, it doesn't mean you can't get there. You can't outwork that person. You can't out, um, you know, work them on a daily basis, whatever it may be. But the learning curve is a lot bigger, and it takes not only work, but yeah you get better with time you know I think that's true with almost anything so you know that's where I was thinking about like yeah this time thing's not a big deal because it's preseason game one but I mean when all the chips are down I really want to see Dan Campbell like pull out an ace out of his sleeve you know I want to see him do something crazy and have it work early in his tenure as Lions head coach I want to see him let his assistant do their thing and I want to see Aaron Glenn like he again he was silent on the mic too where's that fire that you got in practice I think these guys need that on game day as well so it's a it's a little bit of a TBD there but again I just threw it out being like come on man like it's it's nobody was going to throw us a parade if we ran won this preseason game and nobody's going to run him out of town because you lost it at the buzzer I mean you could tell he didn't even want to like mess with it at the end of the game he wasn't trying to call timeouts and worry about it or throw hail mary's just like whatever man this game's over like let's we're at, get out here as healthy as we can and move on to the next one so i, I kind of like that mentality as well he's not micromanaging everything or taking everything so serious like i saw what i needed to see um you know w's don't matter here anyway let's just get out of here everyone's happy and healthy let's go so that that was good i mean preseason it, it's really tough to judge it really is um, but there's still plenty to be excited about, and, and there's plenty of reasons. I mean, plenty of reasons to drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. I mean, you've heard me. I've been supporting this team. I'm always thinking positive. I can't wait for real football. I mean, the Red Wings are back. The Pistons are back. Like, it's a time to be a Detroit sports fan, and the Lions are on the come up, I'm here to tell you. So, you know, plenty of Kool-Aid being served up all year, all that time here on this show. Drink it in, man. So, that's what I got for you guys. Um, Thank you so much. Again, just a little bit of a shorter, different show. Um, Just want to do a quick promo again for my other show, BLEAV, Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. Um, Please go check that out. I'm going to do a kind of a fun show here this Thursday, I think, where I'm going to do kind of hot takes, crazy opinions from from the first preseason game, like these people that will tell you, like, oh, Jerichoff's horrible, or, uh, you know, Penny Sewell, they should, you know, I'm going to do that whole thing and tell you why some of those are crazy, as well as... You know, the negative stuff's crazy, but also the, the wow, look at how great this guy was. I mean, I'm going to throw some of that out as well and have some fun with it. So you should get some laughs, some entertainment out of that show, as well as I hope you enjoyed this one. And then Friday, um, here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, we'll look forward to what's next. You know, heading in to play Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh on Saturday evening, as well as what's going on with the team. I'm sure there'll be some new happenings, new players coming on at that point. And um, we'll be talking all about it right here on the show. So everybody... Side of cornbread. Cornbread! Big glass of Kool-Aid. Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in, man. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Pack the bag. Start the plane. 
drink it in, man. 